are doing Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 12, Chapter 6. This is the last chapter related to Maharaj Parikshit from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, Maharaj Parikshit has passed away, or rather, he is passing away. And Sukhdev Goswami is talking to him about the different things that have happened. In the previous chapter, we heard about how to live in the world as a last resort, the last teachings were given. Now, in this, there was still more, little bit of more exposition based on that. And in the last verse, which was verse 31, 31, it said, there exists a supreme reality. So, there was a supreme reality in which is the highest of it and everything else is created objects. In this supreme reality, there is no conditioned spirit covered by false ego and the three modes of the nature. So, there is the spirit is not at all concerned with the bodies, with these universe and the elements, though it is a part and parcel of the universe. It is keeping the universe alive, but it is the divinity which spirit is the divinity in us. Right? This is what we had discussed. Now we will do verse 32 onwards. We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 6. Maharaj Parikshit passes away. Verse 32. Those who desire to give up all that is not essentially real move systematically by negative discrimination of the extraneous to the supreme position of Lord Vishnu, giving up petty materialism, they offer their love exclusively to the absolute truth within their hearts and embrace the highest truth in fixed meditation. So, this is a statement meant for those who are interested in spirituality and not for any ordinary person. Ordinary people are the people in the world who are more keen on living day-to-day lives. So, those who are, those who desire to give up, that is not essentially real, move systematically. So, what is the systematic movement? By negative discrimination of the extraneous to the supreme position of Lord Vishnu. Yesterday, I met a person who asked me what is it to be done when we are living in this material world and more bothered about our day-to-day living. How does a person move towards the divine? While explaining some things to this person, she said that you need money in this world. You need the family, you need the money, you need to live in this world, you need to do transactions in this world. And on the other side, the same person said, I want mukti, release from this cycle of life and death. Both things are not possible. You either need to come back again and again because you love this material world so much that you want money where money is the criteria for growth in their world 
for buying things and keeping their family intact or on the other hand is released from this material world. So what is it that a person prefers? So in this it is said you have to systematically move towards this divine. That means you need to cut off things from your life. First and foremost it is about dispassion. Dispassion means not interested in focusing in the material world. I want this and I want that. So these, these kind of desires which keep on coming up. Now what the lady said, she is by the way more than 80 years old. And uh, she said that I have a family, I have children, I have grandchildren, I have great grandchildren. A very rich family. But unfortunate part is that if you are so much keen on the family, then there is no way in which you can ever get out of this cycle of birth and death. Because every time when a family member is added, that much amount of cascading karma happens to you. And when this cascading karma happens to you, you, have, you are going to have a difficulty. This cascading difficulty is going to be there. Just think, your father is ill and the person calls up and says, you know, I am not feeling well. You have had it. The karma associated with that person has come to you. You are going to keep on thinking about it. And the more you think about these objects, the more you are going away from this cycle of birth and death. You are going to be reborn again and again. Because let us say the person has an illness. Let us say the person has a heart attack or a blood pressure or something like that. You are going to be disturbed. And when the mind is disturbed, your mind is taken away from that divine reality, which is called the meditative reality, the supreme truth. It is taken away from there to the mundane world. Oh my God, my father is having a heart attack. I have got my grandchildren or great-grandchildren coming from Malaysia or Africa or some such place. Oh, I have to welcome them. A single-pointed devotion to God has gone. What food am I going to make for them? How I am going to give them? What I am going to do with them? This is going to keep you completely tied up in the material world. So, I will read this sentence again. By negative discrimination of the extraneous, you can only move to the supreme position of the Lord, that is Lord Vishnu. Giving up petty materialism, they offer love exclusively to the absolute truth. Within their hearts and embrace the highest truth in fixed meditation. Why is it that people have to move away from the sages, the sages, I am talking about the sages and the saints. Why do they have to move away and go to the Himalayas or some such place? The reason they have to do it is because any kind of distraction in the world, any kind from anywhere is going to make you tied up to that individual or that person forever and ever and ever. And the strangest part is, even after knowing this, at the age of 80, doing two years of Brahma Vidya kind of a lessons, 
and passing in 85% marks in that, I really don't understand what this 85% marks are. Because nobody can take lessons on this and then write examination. You are not supposed to write examination on spirituality. Okay? Spirituality is to be learnt and imbibed in life. So, remember this. No way, no way can a person ever get untangled from the material world. Till the point they, they practice clear discrimination and detachment, being completely dispassionate. The moment there is a problem in the material world, a person gets disturbed. The single pointed devotion that is there to God goes away. The same person, let us say, I will say this, whether the person is interested or not interested, even the same person is so much focused in their own life. Let us say they are driving a car. Are they focused? So that they don't bang into somebody? They are focused. They are driving very, very carefully. Now think, they are carrying a very important cargo behind. Their own children, their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Will they be careful? Extremely careful. That means there is a single-pointed devotion to the cause, to a certain cause. Okay? And the same thing, if you are a pilot, are you going to focus? 100% you are going to focus. If you are not focused, then you may crash land the plane or you may have to go away from the job. If you are driving an F1 car, are you not focused? You are absolutely focused. When you are giving your examination, are you not focused? Of course you are focused. When you are going to sell to a customer, are you not focused? Of course you are focused. When you are working for an organization. So if you actually look at it, the focus is there within the individual and they can definitely do it. Why is it that they get distracted by some great-grandchildren or grandchildren or children or whatever, you know, the material world? There is no need. These texts are very, very important for us to understand. And this being the last lesson to Parikshit, and also the last lesson to you all from this book. He talks about, we need to give a petty materialism. Petty, absolutely petty, simple stuff. From that to the great stuff. Okay, We like maybe you know petty stuff like buying a kind of a garment. To the higher stuff, maybe buying a house or going on holidays or something like that. We need to give up on all that. And offer the love to absolute truth. The, the love has to be offered to the absolute truth. Now, where is the truth? Which lies within their hearts. The truth is within the heart of the person. Truth is not somewhere outside. You don't go to some place and say, Oh, I am going to get the truth. So you don't go to Himalayas or you don't go to Sri Lanka or you don't go to Kumbhakonam or some such place and get truth. Okay, There is no truth there. What you get, the truth is inside your own heart. You have the truth within you but you have forgotten to see it because 
you have too many other things to think of the material world to think of we need to give that up and focus on this one reality called the absolute truth and this is what the verse talks about such devotees come to understand the supreme transcendental situation of the personality of god and lord vishnu because they are no longer polluted by the concept of i and my which are based on body and home so taking it further he says such devotees that means those who are interested in spirituality the spiritual people they should understand this position of the supreme divine consciousness or shri krishna or the personality of godhead or lord vishnu or whatever you want to call him when they are not polluted by the concept of i and my which are based on body and home i want this i want that you know the kind of things that a person wants and for my home home is connected to the family right home is absolutely connected to the family so for my house i need this for my house i need that i want to give to others the the same taking it further the person said you know i will be doing great service to my own people when i give them certain things you know the poor people they are working for me when they don't get anything and i give something to them <laughs> that is not the way just by giving to your own staff you know what you are doing you are ensuring that they work properly for you where does the god come into the picture the god doesn't come into the picture at all you are just ensuring that your employees are very much kind to you and they are going to do you know they are very much with you doing all your dirty jobs so it is still i and my what about the world what about the universe not interested i am in a town where the houses are grand very beautiful and there is no drinking water at home for all the poor people the entire south india i saw pots and pots of water lined up for taking water and by the way we have just finished the monsoon less than 15 days ago it stopped raining and the same towns don't have any water you are bothered about your own children and grandchildren and great grandchildren and not bothered about the there is no water in town i mean what kind of a service do you think you are doing so still it is i and mine the moment you have the i and mine into the picture then you are not doing any great service to anybody can you look at the world can you help everybody around not without exception no exceptions no father mother brother sister no can you help everybody around can you make this as a universal thing everybody has a swadharma you understand what a swadharma is the reason why you are here in this world and in that part of the swadharma it is also service to mankind how many people understood service to mankind you will find that people like sai baba 
he understood service to mankind. Ramana Maharishi, he understood service to mankind. Mother Teresa, Dalai Lama, they understood. What about us? We are not interested in service to mankind. We are not even bothered about our neighbor. We are not bothered about our own people, those who are even traveling with us. You know, in this world, from the time we are born to the time we die, we are not bothered about our neighbors, our friends, our, you know, the people who are around us. We are only bothered about our family, friends, relatives. That's it. Our world is so limited. We know 20 people. What about the billions out there? We don't know them. So it is important that we have to access this information. Work with everybody. So the moment you have the concept of I and mine and I and me, then you are talking only of your body and your home. Now home can be India also by the way. Okay, The moment I think of, you know, we are... India is separate, then Pakistan is separate, then China. The moment I say that, it is again H-O-M-E. Right? Why oh, I am not getting my visa, you know? H-1B. <laughs> we are still thinking of home only, by the way. It's nothing, nothing to do with some other country. No. The idea that everybody needs to live in this way, very, very lovingly, is very important. So, I hope you understood this verse. It should never be about I and mine. Now, the next verse is still worst. Okay, worst. One should tolerate all insults and never fail to show proper respect to any person. Avoiding identification with the material body, one should not create enmity with anyone. This is a primary teaching of the Bhagavatam. People have mouths. Everybody has a mouth, isn't it? Some people have a dirty mouth. Have you seen a pig? Huh? You seen how? Would you like to kiss the pig by any chance? No, no. <laughs> or there is a snake with the tongue like that, forked tongue. I don't think you want to kiss a snake. Now you would rather stay away from the tigers and the lions in this world. Then there are those kind of people also next to you. Some of them have a folk tongue. You understand what a folk tongue is, no? They say one thing and they mean another thing. That is called the folk tongue people. In front of the person, they are very goody-goody and nice. Behind their back, they are having a big, you know. So such kind of people are the evil kind of people. They are not good. Now, if you know there is a person like this and that person is insulting you or saying something bad or doing something bad to you, are you supposed to do that to him again? No. You should show proper respect to that person. Please understand this. Even if the other person is bad to you or is insulting you or is very mean, to the core or has snide remarks, you should always be nice to that person. This is a teaching from the Bhagavatam. 
This is a teaching which you need to understand and imbibe. You really want to become spiritual in life. You really want to grow towards that, you know, divinity. Then one should tolerate all insults. Any kind of insult you should be able to tolerate. And never fail to show proper respect to any person. Every person is due their respect. Even if they are foul mouth. You got it? Even the person is foul mouth or you know folk tongue or whatever, you need to show them respect. Avoid identification with the body. Don't identify with the body. The moment the person says something bad to you, okay, don't start saying, you know, oh my God, the person is saying to me. You got what I'm saying? The moment you identify with this body, you are finished. Then you are back into the material world. You are not the body. Don't forget this. You are not the body. The body is only a covering. Just like this bottle with the label. It is just a covering. You are not that. So don't identify with the body. Oh that person is being so mean to me. He is calling me Kalia. <laughs> you understand what I am saying? They are free to call me whatever they want to. If the person calls me, you are an old man. Does not matter. Or let us say, the person is looking at you and thinking, you know, like they look at me and say, oh, you must be only 35 years old. I should not be, you know, jumping in joy. Oh, they have reduced my age by you, big amount. No. Don't be bothered about somebody telling you that you are a young person or you are an old person. I both ways. Is, a, is either an insult or a praise. Don't get disturbed. So this is what he says. Avoid identification with the material body. Then the last. One should not create enmity with anyone. Never create enmity with anyone. Enmity can be direct. Like we have the Kauravas and the Pandor. Both fighting with each other, India, Pakistan, or India, China, or whatever. And now it is USA, China. Okay. <laughs> that is direct enmity. Or friendship also. In, in our world, you know, we are, oh, you are my friend, you know, I have to. You keep everybody at arm's length and be nice to everybody. Your friends and your enemies, both. So don't bother. They may. Now, when I say the word enemy, it is not your thinking. It is the other person's thinking. They think you are the enemy. You know, some people are delusional. You know delusions? How people are delusional? And when a person is delusional, they see, you know, daggers everywhere. Somebody is out to kill me. CIA, KGB, like that. That kind of people, you know. There are people like this also. It is the other person's lookout. Why are you bothered? I was discussing about one person called Sigmund Fraud. You know Sigmund Fraud? Oh, sorry, I have fraud. <laughs> he came up with all kinds of words. You know, A, B, C, X, Y, Z, you know, all that. I am sure you know all the great words that he came up with. Somebody, I am having delusion, I am having this and I am having that. It is supposed to be a science. I am not 
poo-pooing that science because even Krishna spoke about delusions, okay? Delusions by Maya. Can you be nice? Do you get what I am saying? Can you be nice? Now, there is a very fine line between these two. I will tell you the, what the line is. Have you seen people, now they are supposedly called autistic children. You know, there are autistic children and all those kind of things. I am sure you have heard of that. Do you know they are very kind? Do you know where they are very kind? If you teach them some work, they are willing to do that work. They can really be a good help to everybody. I am sure you know that. Right? But we still call them by some, some word. And they are not a part of our normal world. They are not a part of our normal world. If you want them to be a part of our normal world, we have to treat them in a good manner. And that is what he says. We should never have enmity with anyone. We should treat everybody nicely. Nicety. Goodness. Goodness of heart. Let the whole world be your enemy. Does not matter. You be nice. And those who don't understand this verse, please mark it. This is in Canto 12, Chapter 6, Verse number 34. Write it on your head if you want. Be your good self. Okay? I offer my obeisance to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the invincible Lord Sri Krishna, simply by meditating, Upon his lotus feet, I have been able to study and appreciate the great literature. Shonakrushi, O oh, gentle, Shonakrushi said, O oh, gentle Sutta, please narrate to us how Paila and other great intelligent disciples of Srila Vyasdev, who are known to be the great authorities of Vedic wisdom, spoke and edited the Vedas. Now, we have moved away from Parikshit to what happens? Remember, the whole story is like this. Sutta Goswami, Sukhdev, is telling the story to Parikshit. This, this story between these two, dialogues between these two, is being narrated by Sutta Goswami. So, Sutta Goswami is still there. Sukhdev has finished. Sukhdev has finished with Parikshit and gone. So, now these rishis are asking Sutta Goswami about things connected to the Vedas. Vedas are the, the first word of God. Right? Sutta Goswami said, O Brahmana, first the subtle vibration of transcendental sound appeared from the sky of the heart of the most elevated Lord Brahma, whose mind was perfectly fixed in the spiritual realization. One can perceive this subtle vibration when one stops all external hearing. Now, Sutta Goswami is explaining. He is telling because other Rishi Munis have asked him the question, how did this Vedic wisdom come about? Now, whatever we ended in the last verse is Vedic wisdom. I hope you understand that. It has come from the Vedas and the Shastras and it is taught by Sutta Goswami and Sukhdev Goswami to Parikshit and the whole world. We are listening to this satsang. So, those who are listening to this satsang will understand that these are the words of the Vedas. Vedas is the word of God. Okay, so what does it say? The subtle vibrations first came in the form of a sound, an omkara, om. You know, you have heard of the word om. 
right? So first it came as a sound. And where did it appear? It appeared in the heart of Brahmaji. Brahmaji. So just a few days ago I was asked one question. Why is Brahmaji married to Saraswati? Interesting question, isn't it? Why is Brahmaji married to Saraswati? And the biggest question was, she is supposed to be his daughter, you know. Oh, is that so? Great. Well, please go by the terminologies. <laughs> Don't go by mythology. Okay. The terminology is, Brahma is called the creator. And Saraswati is called knowledge. You see, the creator cannot create without the knowledge. I am telling you something. You are a great cook, but you have no knowledge. What happens? How can you cook, sir? You can't. Right? You can't cook. So first you need the knowledge, isn't it? Without the knowledge, can you do anything? You want to become spiritualist, you first need the knowledge, isn't it? Oh, I am a great spiritualist. You can't say those words. Without knowledge, you cannot. So, Brahmaji is connected to Saraswati through the, you know, adhyatmic, spiritual world. She becomes his wife, means when knowledge marries creation. When knowledge marries creation, then creation can happen. Otherwise, no creation can happen. Got the answer? So, this transcendental sound first appeared in the heart of Brahmaji, whose mind was fixed on spiritual realization. Brahmaji is a created entity, creator. Who created the creator? The Lord. When the Lord created the creator, the creator needed feedback, information, isn't it? I can't just have a shell and say, you know, okay, I am having a computer. Just imagine. Okay. Ah, you know that box which comes. <laughs> PC. Right? I need to put in all the things, in, you know, uh, connect everything in place. Right? So, just imagine Brahmaji is there with five heads of his. Okay. You like you have your four core and twenty core and all that. Like he has five cores. So, five core Brahmaji is there and then you need information. So, first you need to start it, no? What do you say? DOS. Huh? Or something like that. What do you say? Huh? Ah. So, you need that first, no? Without that, you can't even open that thing. So, what was that first thing? OM. So, you say a magic word OM, then it starts. I hope you got the answer. Okay. Without that OM, it's like a password also. Okay, He says OM and everything happens. Hmm? So, his mind was perfectly fixed in spiritual realization. That means Brahmaji was meditating on the Lord. Because the Lord created him, so he was meditating on the Lord. Brahmaji's eyes are always closed. When you see, he's got one Kamandalu. Kamandalu, you understand that pot, drinking pot. And on one side, he's got that beads, rolling beads. Right? He doesn't carry any weapons. You see, if you don't create and carry weapons, what is the point? Right? Just imagine, you are in the middle of the ocean and you are having weapons, but there is nobody to fight. There is no use, no? 
So first you need to have your enemies, then you can fight, then you have weapons. So Brahmaji doesn't have anything, he just has one beads. The beads are for rolling purposes. That means you take the name of the God. So Brahmaji was doing spiritual meditation on the divine and then Omkara came and started in his heart. One can perceive the subtle vibration when one stops all external hearing. Why is this line over here? You may try to ask me. Why is this line connected to Brahma? Now, by the way, we are discussing Brahmaji and not us, no? No, we are discussing spirituality. And spirituality is the spirit within us, not Brahmaji. Brahmaji is a representation. Just now, before this, I gave you the answer. Why is Saraswati married to Brahmaji? Why? Creator requires knowledge. Did I say these words? You are the creator. You are the creator. You also require knowledge, isn't it? How do you meditate on that? How do you get that knowledge? It has to come from within your heart. Right? Now, when the knowledge is within your heart, it has to sprout out, isn't it? It's like a seed inside. If you have to put water, then it will sprout, isn't it? So, what water? The water of knowledge, it has to be sprinkled on that. Then it will sprout. Many a times, now this is something which uh, also came about. One question. Is that something over there which we, we call as karma? It, are we supposed to keep on doing it? You know, prarabdha karma is the one which we come with. That means whatever happens in our world is because of karma. You agree? No. You are brought to the point where it is called karma. Actions are yours. Right? So, karma states that you are going to face a bottle of liquor. The bottle of liquor is there in front of you. To drink or not to drink, like Shakespeare, is the question. To be or not to be, right? It's exactly like this. To drink or not to drink is the question. It is left to you. Let us say you drink. Then what happens? Karma happens. And what karma happens? Futuristic karma. You have added to it. Right? Now think about it. Just, just think about it. I am telling you an answer from a different perspective. You go, get married. Have a child. Karma happens or doesn't happen? Karma happened. Child was destined, it happened. Can you just put up your hands in the air and say, I am not going to take care of the child. It's not my problem. It's the state's problem, you know. I'm just going to keep on producing. Let the state of China look after it. You can't do that, sir. It is your problem. You have to look after that baby. How many karmas now? You know, there is one... Word like this, you know, it goes in the eight form. Sleeping eight. You know sleeping eight? Infinite. The infinitum 
you are with one child you are going to have infinite issues karmas after karmas after karmas oh my god you cannot even imagine you know how it happens one karma after another you think the child is going to stop he is going to do exactly like you he is also going to get married he is also going to have children so all those things you know they are finally coming back to you why well you are interested no so it's a, it's a cascading interest on interest on interest on interest understand it's a compounded double compounded triple compounded it's a multiple compounded interest you don't even know how many karmas you are ended up doing because just to survive in this world you are doing certain things and those things are going to lead you towards that so please understand this the thing end of the day the decision is in your hands whether you want to drink or don't want to drink i i just gave example doesn't mean that drinking is the example okay don't bother it is about anything eat biryani if you want <laughs> does not matter whatever you want to do it's an example end of the day the the choice is in your hands not somebody else no god over there is a shh, shh hey listen don't do this he is not going to tell you anything Hey, there is one small voice somewhere called conscience. Okay, we hardly listen to the conscience. I mean, do you ever listen to your conscience? You you do make all the noise and you <laughs> you show the conscience away. The conscience is bothered. You least bother about it. Okay, so this is how we are. So always remember this. There are subtle vibrations. One can perceive the subtle vibrations. when one stops all external hearing we keep on hearing blah 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 isn't it so when we keep on hearing things from around us your mind is going to react very wildly so when you stop all the hearings you have to become like gandhi ji's three monkeys you understand you, you know the three monkeys no bura mat dekho bura mat suno bura mat kaho you know like that bura mat suno bura mat kaho you have to become like the three monkeys don't hear evil don't see evil and don't talk evil right i say so when you do that when you stop hearing all the material worldly stuff then you hear the voice inside of you there's a voice inside of you which you hear and this voice inside of you is the precious voice of the divine so meditate on that that is brahma ji can you hear the omkara inside of you you are that five faced person you created a baby just now only i told you no <laughs> with one saraswati of yours you have a saraswati and you created your own baby now what put your hands in both <laughs> put your fingers in two ears and listen to the sound inside got it so it is not about some brahma ji somewhere else it's not about some saraswati somewhere else it is you spirituality is about your own being all right so this is what he says one can perceive this subtle vibration 
when one stops all external hearings. By worship of the subtle form of the Vedas or Brahmana, mystic sages cleanse their heart of all contamination caused by impurity of substance, activity and doer and thus they attain freedom from repeated birth and death. We have always thought about, I see in India we believe in the word of the God, isn't it? When we worship the books. We, we have been taught to worship our books, isn't it? Huh? We have Ayud Puja coming next month. Ayudh Puja. I'm sure you know about Ayudh Puja. You pile up all your books. And now it is computers. I mean, I, maybe you have one computer or two. Just pile that up. <laughs> you have your writing implements like, you know, earlier it was, you know, the quill and the, uh, the ink. Then it became pen and then, you know, pen, fountain pen. And then it became made in China. Okay. <laughs> and then it became Reynolds pen, you know, ball pen. And now it is something else. Now it is some pilot or something like that. So please put all those things together. We have prayed to all these things. You know that. Right? Why? Because we believe in the word of God. That is what all Hindus have been taught, isn't it? I don't know about the Muslim people, how they pray. But I just I am just talking about all Hindus. We pile up all our books. The farmers, what do they do? They pile up their, you know, bullock, that, uh, what do you call that, plow and all that. Huh? Then there are people who are working in organizations. And suppose it's a, it's a machining process, you know. So in, on the machine, they will put some nice tikka and all that. If you have gone to factories, in the factory where the machine is, you know, even when the, the thing which you put on, there also they will put some nice tikka, they will put some har. And they will pray to it. We have been taught all this. So what they say is, always remember, it all starts from the beginning. Where is the beginning? The beginning is called the Vedas. It got converted into a book later on. I am speaking something. Tomorrow you may convert it into a written word. That's a different story. So somebody has spoken the words and somebody else has gone and written the same thing. So it becomes a written word. So when you pile up these Vedas and you believe in them by worshipping the subtle form of the Vedas. Vedas are the real word. The mystic sages cleanse their heart of all contamination. When you take the word, the word, even in the Bible it is written the same thing. Even Quran says the same thing. The word is important. What is the word? The word of God. That is what we always believe in. So the word of God, it is written in one of these very holy scriptures. When you take it inside the heart, it cleans your heart. Of all the contamination caused by substance, activity and doer, and attain freedom from repeated birth and death. So, imbibe the word of the Vedas. You remember the verse which I told you to remember? Huh? Just two, three verses back. Is the word of the Vedas. Can you remember it? No enmity. All our friends. Okay. And put your hand in your ear. All those things. You remember all this. These are the words of the Vedas. Imbibe them. So when they go inside, deep inside your heart, you have to, rem the rem impurities that are there connected, which are connected to substance. 
the material world is the substance around us correct that will go away second it is about activity activity is kriya and karma isn't it kriya whatever activity that we do that and the doership you are doing so many things hundreds of things the things which are connected to that all the contamination will go away and then you will attain supreme peace from that transcendental subtle vibration arose the omkara composed of the three sounds the omkara has unseen potencies and manifests automatically within the purified heart it is a representation of the absolute truth in all three of his phases the supreme personality the supreme soul and the supreme impersonal truth okay this this needs a little expel, explanation so explanation is this when your heart is clear when your heart becomes pure a sound comes from there we call it by the term omkara it is a vibration you understand a vibration have you seen prongs tung they do like that or if you have gone to those buddhist temple you know they they take that thing and they <laughs> they take one stick you know and they have some vessel and they go round 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 and it makes like that noise you have heard that huh that is the omkara that is the sound it is called vibration so vibration emanates from the bottom of your heart and what does this omkara it has got unseen potencies terrible terrific amount of powers and it manifests automatically it comes on its own it doesn't om 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 sir that om 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 what you are doing om om shanti om movie name you are taking or what what nonsense no om 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 or you will say om om drops you know <laughs> no no om that om emanates automatically from inside the heart it has to come from within no artificial methods okay it comes within when you purify the heart it comes from within the heart did you get it automatically on its own it is representing the absolute truth in three aspects a u and m a u and m what are the three aspects number 1 the god almighty who it represents the god almighty the number 1 the one you understand the one father in heaven krishna bhagwan allah that one got it second the supreme soul now this is different than the supreme person okay the supreme person is different supreme soul is different and supreme impersonal truth is also different what is it first you got that father in heaven okay second the spirit in the name of the father and of the soul and what do you say in the name of the father and of the spirit in the holy spirit amen right something like that in the name of the father and of the son okay the father what is in the two sides we call it as the spirit right the spirit the second portion is the supreme soul the supreme soul is the spirit within us i have discussed this paramatma atma param atma the word atma is there in that this atma so we have a jeev atma a small fellow inside of us it is nothing but the spirit within us we call it the spirit within us that little portion of god is there within us 
that is the second portion number 2 and number 3 the supreme impersonal truth everything all this knowledge knowledge what is knowledge supreme divine consciousness the consciousness is the truth we are living in this truth alone right this is the truth everything is the truth so the third is called the place right residing in supreme divine consciousness you will ask me what is supreme divine consciousness google the word and see or maybe go to the dictionary but still doesn't tell you the answer still consciousness means what if i ask you a question do you believe in yourself of course i believe in myself why i am there no that is why i believe after you are dead who will believe in you nobody so you know you are believing in yourself number 1 that means you are there yes knowledge is there without knowledge how will you know you are there right you need that knowledge and the understanding isn't it so awareness is there are you there are you there you know like you can knock on your head and see are you there like that so the consciousness means i know you are there got it awareness a kind of an understanding a kind of a knowledge which tells us god is everywhere this understanding is there if you have this understanding that is called the supreme divine consciousness sir supreme highest divine godly consciousness i know you are there okay i hope you understood this <laughs> it's the simplest way i can explain to you it's a very complicated process but i don't want to go in complications for simple minded people simple answer is there so you knock on the door and say anybody inside talk 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 hey don't disturb me i am on my cell phone you know people are sitting in the toilet with their cell phones you know nowadays and they sit inside for half an hour one hour you have to ask them no knock knock are you there Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to complete this article, sir. You have gone to the toilet to do some other job. What are you talking about? An article. <laughs> so you know you are there. So like that. I know this is a stupid joke, but I hope you understood. Everything is there, no? The consciousness is there, sir. Without consciousness, you will be unconscious inside. You know how unconsciousness. Previous day you had bajjas. okay very sick joke <laughs> so these are the three things which this omkara represents number 1 number 1 is supreme personality god almighty father in heaven number 2 the spirit soul jeevatma atma paramatma that atma i think which is called the supreme soul and the third one impersonal truth sim that is the supreme impersonal truth what is the truth i am there supreme divine consciousness the third thing correct correct the thing which is there these three things it represents this omkara ultimately non material and imperceptible imperceptible is heard by the super soul without his possessing material ears or any other material senses the entire expanse of vedic sound is elaborated from omkara which appears from the soul within the sky of the heart 
It is a direct designation of the self-originating absolute truth, the super soul, and is the secret essence and the essential seed of all Vedic hymns. Long verse. What is this Omkara? Omkara is called the primordial sound. Primordial, one which came from the beginning. A vibration, a sound, an effect which happened at the beginning of time. Before even the time came into the picture. Like that. It's a hum. Hum. You understand the word hum? When I say the word hum, it also comes in the word so hum. And reverse of it, hum so. So hum and hum so are one opposite to each other. When you take in the breath and when you release the breath, do you have a sound in you? There is a sound. See? Like that. You, you, you breathe in and breathe out. You know, there is a sound. When you breathe in, breathe out. So it comes in the form of a oh, like that. First it is high, then it is low and tapered with a heavy middle. You got it? So, it appears, this Omkara, absolutely it is, it cannot be perceptible to normal hearing. By the way, if you keep on, can I hear the sound? No, it's not like with you, you can, you can hear it with your ear, okay. And somebody is singing over there, yes, you can hear, but that, that primordial sound cannot be heard with your, this ear, okay. It has to appear from in your heart, not somewhere else. So, is heard within the supreme soul. Without its possessing material ears or any other material senses. This sound emanates within your heart, not heard by ears or seen or felt or any which way. Nothing like that. So, there is no vibration on your body going on. Okay? Massage type of vibration. No, nothing like that is going to happen. So, Om is creating one vibration. Nothing like that. It comes within your heart. And it has to come naturally don't try artificial methods okay you, you know we try artificial methods right if you go to a hotel or some place there are oh going on not those kind of things it's there it happens the entire expanse of vedic sound is elaborated from omkar the entire vedas are compressed it's like a zip file you know a zip file Omkara is a zip file for you. Open it. And then all the knowledge from within it will come within you. Okay. Magic word. It is the direct designation of the self-originating absolute truth. The super soul. And is the secret essence of the essential eternal seed of the Vedic hymns. So it is literally like a compressed data. It's in a tiny thing. Tiny bit. It's like a seed. Omkara is like a seed. It is there. It comes on its own. It expands into the knowledge of the Vedas. Last verse. 
I think we'll stop over here because the next one is about the Rig Veda, Yajur Veda, and all that. That requires a little explanation. So, I hope you understood. This sound has to emanate from within. Today's whole day's lessons, I will tell you. I don't know whether you will remember all these Omkara and all that kind of thing. Yes, Omkara may come later on. What is it? No enemies, goodness of heart. Rest you can forget. But this verse you don't forget. Okay? We are all here. to serve the purpose of the divine lord and we should be kind courteous friendly and nice to everybody and let whosoever wants to become whichever way they want to enmity remember this also we don't care we are to be good right so i'll stop over here and i'll see you all tomorrow you have a very nice day